Live from Utrecht. This is the fan Willem Sjorsnedo. Hello. Hey Sjors. We're recording remotely today. We're not in the same room as we normally are. Maximum you, redundancy you, in case of a nuclear bomb. <laughs> so we won't be killed both? Well, I guess we still would be killed both, but yeah. In case of a nuclear bomb, well, <laughs> depends where it's set up. Like maybe one of us is just on the edge and the other one will survive. Probably. All right. You, you just came back from holiday. That's uh, why we skipped two weeks. Yep. And now you're in self-quarantine, is that it? Yeah, semi-quarantine. You're not obligated to be quarantined, right? It's it's voluntary. Yes. Right. And you're gonna do this for a week? I think they, they reduced the limit to ten days. Should be okay. Yeah. yeah, true. Okay, so welcome back. Yeah, good to be back. Enjoying the weather. It's just rain, rain, rain. <laughs> yeah, autumn has set in here. Yep. What are we gonna discuss today, Shores? I think we're going to talk about uh, coin pool. Coin pool, yeah. Well, there's so there's different names for this concept. I wrote an article on it about what was it two weeks ago, hopefully mm-hmm. like And there's there's different people working on this concept in slightly different ways, like focusing on slightly different designs. And they also had slightly different names for it. I've I've seen different names used like. Uh, you just mentioned coin pool, payments pool is one. Uh, I think Greg Maxwell called it coin join pools, join pools. That's it. But it's all more or less the same concept, or at least at least it's similar. Uh, I think calling it payment pools as sort of the I don't know overlapping name for all of these things. Mm-hmm. So I suggest we call it payment pools. Are you on board with payment pools? I don't care what we call it. I care deeply, so let's go with payment pools. Sounds good. You're the um, you're the uh, obstinate minority. Yes. <laughs> All right. So, what are payment pools? Do you want to start? I think the, the main principle is that you want to share a single UTXO, so a single coin, with multiple people. Yeah, that's one way to put it exactly. So there's different people all using one UTXO as their balance. Or at least, you know, they're sharing the UTXO. They're share, they all have a part of it, right? That's Yes. And okay, so, you, so why would people want to do this? Well, I can imagine people may want to save on fees, when, at least when they receive it, I guess. But I would also imagine people care about privacy. Mm-hmm. If, if the money comes from one place, but multiple people control that one place, then you don't really know who's, you know, who's in control of it. I guess we'll get into the, these kinds of benefits later. That's better, right? Sure. Okay, so we want to share, for some reason, which is a mystery for now, but which, you'll, which we'll explain a little bit later, for some reason, multiple people want to share one UTXO. There are different ways to do this, aren't there? Yeah, there are. Even uh, so- before payment pools, there are different solutions to do something like this, right? Yeah, I mean, we can go back to uh, what we said a few episodes ago. When you receive Bitcoin, it really what you're doing is you're adding constraints to where those coins go. And those constraints could be such that only you can spend it, but those constraints can also be such that multiple people can spend it. And the easiest way to do that, that is a multi-sig address. Right. And multi-sig addresses means, okay, this thing needs two signatures. 
out of the two participants or some other weird threshold. Yes, or two out of three or three out of three or 14 out of 15 or whatever you want to do. Yeah, I think well, that's... I, I guess that's, that's the limit, right? 15, I think, for, yeah, for the, regular multisig. Right, and the practical limit is determined by, I believe, the maximum number of signature checkings of the maximum length of the script. I forgot which of the two. Okay, so that's one way to do it. Yeah. Of course, that's not ideal, right? Why not? Well, because you need both parties to agree. So if one of the two parties stops cooperating, now the money is locked up. Right, yes. So if we share a multisig address, and for some reason I don't respond to your request to spend the money in some way or another, then you've lost your part of the money as well. Yeah, so you can, okay. you can only use multisig in a very high trust situation. Right. Uh, so what's a better way to do it? Well, you can work with pre-signed transactions. So this gets a little bit close to how Lightning works. But the idea is that when you put money into the multisig, mm -hmm. before you do that, you both sign a transaction that takes the money out of the multisig. Right. So you sign the money, you, you sign the part first where it leaves the multisig to mm -hmm. your own address. And then once you both have seen that, you sign the transaction that goes into the multisig. So this is nice. Now you both have access to your side of the multisig. Yeah, so let's say we both put half Bitcoin in a multisig address. Then we both sign the transaction from this multisig address, spending half a Bitcoin to ourselves, to our own addresses. Once we've signed these transactions out of the multisig, then we can securely send the money to the multisig because at any point we can broadcast the money that spends the money from the multisig. Yeah. I think I'm making it more complicated than it needs to be, but that's how it would work. Yeah, and the, the, the question now is, okay, we've, we've said, you know, we put in half each, but the only way we can take it out is, again, half each. But there are ways, and maybe we don't want to describe them in too much detail, that you can actually update these amounts and make sure that, say, you know, you transfer 0.1 Bitcoin to me, now I have 0.6, you have 0.4, and there are ways that we can change the signed transactions that we have and make sure that you don't use the previous one. So that way yeah, we, can, that, we have a payment channel, essentially, between us. Yes, this is basically how Lightning works. This is the payment channel part of Lightning. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, so, so this really is a smart contract. You know, it's, mm -hmm. a, it's a loaded term. But the thing is, uh, when, it's, it's, when you send to this, this shared address on the blockchain, all you're seeing is a script hash. So that's very private. But the second we start spending from it, some of the details become more obvious because you can see that, there's, you know, that there were two signatures required. As soon as you spend a coin, you have to reveal the script that is needed to spend it. So you lose the privacy of a script hash. Yeah, well, I would say there, there are two problems, right? So you lose yeah. the privacy because anyone can see what all of the details of the smart contract in this example were. Plus, it's not very compact because all of the possible ways in which the money could have been spent are included in the transaction as well. Correct. Yeah. So if you have a 15 out of 15 multisig, now when you're spending it, there needs to be 15 signatures on the blockchain plus 15 public keys. Right. So it's pretty tedious. Yes. Okay. So this is where we get at payment pools, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So payment pools are this way of sharing a UTXO with 
say 15 people in this case, but you do it in such a way that you maintain the privacy and it remains compact. Yeah. Okay. And for that, Taproot is quite useful. Yes. So that's one of the interesting things about this proposal is that it's one of the first sort of proposals that uses Taproot in a very interesting way. Yes, uh, Taproot offers better privacy and it offers a way to put, just to jam a lot more info into the script. We've, we've talked about this in previous episodes, uh, especially the Merkle tree aspect of it. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, when you do an update, if everybody agrees, you produce a single signature that is like a multi-signature, but it looks like a single signature. So nobody knows whether there were 100 participants or just one. Um, and you can have all these branches that when each person takes money out, that'll be one branch of the tree, but you can't see how many branches there were in the tree. So even if one person leaves, you still can't see how many people there were in there. So that's kind of the general thing that you can hide with Taproot. Okay, so now we're in this pool with 15 of us. There's 15 people in the pool. It's now let's pool. get to it's it's a fantastic pool. I love this pool. Now let's get to the actual benefits. We promised to get to the benefits. Sure, now's a good now's a good time. So right. what are the actual what are the actual benefits of sharing this UTXO with 15 of us? Or what can we do with it? What can we do with it? Yeah. So let's say yeah, there's 15 people in this pool, and we want to pay the supermarket. Well, one of us wants to pay exactly. the supermarket. One of us wants to pay the supermarket. And from the outside world, that's just a payment to the supermarket mm -hmm. from one address. So the outside world has no idea which of the 15 people were paying the supermarket. And internally, exactly. right. so that's the balance. That, yes, exactly. So internally, we all have this balance. We all know which of the 15 of us owns which part of the UTXO, right? Yes. Then, yeah. right. And we'll get to how that's secured later. Again, I'm, dear, dear listeners, we're getting to that one thing at a time. So right now, we all have this balance of who owns what within this pool. Now, one of us wants to pay the supermarket. So the 15 of us come together. We agree to make a transaction to the supermarket. Plus, we send change back to ourselves, to the pool. This yep. change, once again, is allocated between the 15 of us. So let's say Shorts was the one who wanted to pay the supermarket. Then the transaction we make sends money to the supermarket, sends the rest of all of the funds to us. But this time, the pool is allocated in such a way that Shorts gets a little bit less money from the shared UTXO because Shorts just paid the supermarket and we didn't. So only Shorts gets his balance decreased. Right? Yep. That's it. That's how it works. That's one yep. benefit. Uh, and to be clear, so the benefit here is that from the outside world, anyone analyzing the blockchain will not be able to see, they won't even be able to see there were 15 of us in the pool. Like it might look like a completely normal transaction to anyone analyzing the blockchain. So they may think that some individual paid the supermarkets. But even if they were somehow able to see that it was a pool that included 15 people, then they still wouldn't be able to see that it was Shorts who paid the supermarkets. It could have been any of the people in the pool, even if they were able to tell that it was a pool. So, so it's a little bit like a mixer. Privacy. Exactly, yeah. So that's why Greg Maxwell, for example, was referring to it as joint pool. It's kind of like a coin join pool. People coin join their coins in this pool. 
and then one of them makes the payment and you can't tell who actually made the payment. Yeah. Right. So that's one obvious benefit. Next benefit. Is there another benefit, George? Well, I could pay you inside of the pool. So to right. the outside, outside world, nothing changes. Right. So to the outside world, as for now, let's assume on-chain updates. And yeah, for an on-chain update for the outside world, all the money just moves once. Yeah, all the money just moves to a new address. The 15 of us in the pool, we all know that the balance has changed. Yeah, and the, the reason... The, the attribution need... between us changed, but you just see a completely normal transaction, so anyone analyzing a blockchain won't know who paid who or how much. Exactly, and uh, the reason why you, why you need an on-chain transaction is to keep things simpler, because remember, we all have this pre-signed transaction that gives us our share back. And the pre-signed transaction has to refer to something on the blockchain. So the old pre-signed transactions with the wrong balance yes. was invalid. The way you do that is you put a new transaction on the blockchain so that those old transactions are no longer spendable because they will be double spends. And you have a set of new transactions that pay everybody. Yeah, That's, that's really inefficient and you can use a lightning-like protocol to, to not have to do that. But just to understand why the easiest thing is to just make a new transaction on the blockchain. So then somebody can leave the pool. That right. That's the like, next, that's the next thing you can do. And you, you can mean, do right? that. You can agree on that. Then it's one transaction goes to that person and the rest goes back into the pool or yeah. somebody so can unilaterally leave. Well, let's, let's keep to that collaboratively first. So that's like paying the supermarket like before, except this time you're actually paying someone from the pool. And now in the new balance, that person doesn't have a balance anymore. So that's how someone just exited the pool, right? Exactly. Okay. Somebody can Next. join the pool. Yep. Someone can join the pool. Same, same basic idea, except this time, the person joining the pool actually needs to partake in the transaction spending to the new pool. So in the previous example, someone is getting money out of the pool. In this, in this case, someone needs to adds money to the pool. So someone needs to collaborate with everyone in the pool to make a new transaction to a new pool in which they also have a balance now, right? Yes. Is there any other uh, Well, benefits? somebody might, uh, because we talked about these pre-signed transactions, uh, somebody might change their mind on what their pre-signed transaction looked like. So that's the, you know, if they want to take the money out unilaterally, they have to decide in advance where that goes, which address. Maybe they want a different address, so that can be yeah. arranged. Yeah, well, I, I think a slightly easier way to think of it is that so everyone in the pool basically has their own withdrawal address, which is their unilateral withdrawal address, mm -hmm. right? So this address can be their own personal wallet, but it could, for example, also be other types of things, like it could be a vault. So in one pool, I'm a participant of the pool and I have my withdrawal address, which is just an address in my wallet. But we could agree to upgrade the pool to a new pool where my withdrawal address changes to, for example, some sort of smart contract vault. So that way you can also change the pool. So that's sort of the interesting thing about the pool. Like everyone's in the pool and everyone can, as long as everyone agrees, you can update the pool to a new pool with all sorts of new stuff, including new withdrawal addresses, including new participants, including new balances, including all sorts of new stuff. 
every time that happens, if we're assuming we're doing it on chain, every time that happens, it looks like it looks like a regular transaction on blockchain. Yeah, and every time you do it, you have to coordinate. You need to coordinate in order for it to look like a regular transaction on blockchain. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So now this is all on chain. You know, one transaction for every mutation. But we can make this smarter, as we've we've hinted at before a few times by making these changes off chain. Most of the changes, like probably can't add somebody that way. But you know, if you're paying somebody outside oh, the pool, it can, makes I sense to do it can. on chain. No, I think you can add someone off chain as well. I think it could be. Either way, you, if you do something off chain, you use a protocol that's essentially similar to Lightning, where you change the distribution between all the participants without sending a new transaction to the blockchain, but you make sure that if somebody uses the old distribution, that they get punished very badly, or with the new SIGASH no input proposal, they don't get punished, but they can be corrected. So anytime right. you try to steal something, somebody can just broadcast the latest state and get their share. Yeah, so that would require a new Bitcoin protocol upgrade. Yeah, SIGASH no input, that's what it's called. Uh, it's a, it's a no, small they protocol cha- they changed the They changed the name, I think. Oh, maybe it's any prev, out, any prev out now. Yeah, I think that's the one. The, that, they'll that, change that name 15 more times, but eventually we'll hopefully see something. At, at some point, I, I, I wrote an article where I called it the no input class. Like it's just a class of potential upgrades that'll do more or less the same thing. Do you know what the status is of this upgrade idea? No, but I hear there's a podcast where where two guys dive into all these technical proposals. So maybe they can do an episode yeah, about this. Maybe, maybe one time. Yeah. So another cool thing, because if you can do all this stuff off chain, maybe you can also do lightning channels. Um, right. Yeah. Because, because we're just discussing that you have this withdrawal address. So if this withdrawal address is actually a lightning channel, then you sort of could host a lightning channel within this payment pool. Yes, that's one way. And you could also have a virtual lightning channel. At least that was discussed on the mailing list. So that uh, so between two people inside the pool, they could mm-hmm. pretend that they have opened a lightning channel mm-hmm. in a sense. So the outside world doesn't really see anything happening on the chain. But the two of you agree that this lightning channel exists. And now, say the two of us, can be sending money back and forth without talking to the rest of the pool. That's the nice thing about having a virtual lightning channel in there. You know, we don't have to involve the rest of the pool because our distribution doesn't change only when we close the channel. Yes, except, well, yes, but that's the, that's the sort of the withdrawal address you're using for that then, right? That's where the lightning channel is embedded in. Yeah, you have to both commit to that new withdrawal address. Yeah, so we've just listed a bunch of benefits. You know, you can pay someone, you can change balances within, between people in the pool, you can, whatever else we discussed. So this is really the cool thing that George mentions right here is that you can embed other second layer protocols like lightning channels in there. Yeah, and, and in theory, that could produce some extra scaling capacity for lightning, right? Because right now, every time you open or close a channel, you have a UTXO that you need to mm-hmm. create or spend. And the idea here would be that maybe some of the channels can, multiple channels might be able to use, share a UTXO, and thus you, know, you can have more channels per UTXO. So right now, we, we don't really have a scaling, practical scaling problem yet. But it's nice to know that this might buy us another order of magnitude. Yes, exactly. Plus, 
it could buy you more privacy because it's not clear to anyone analyzing the blockchain that a lightning channel is hosted there. Right. At least it makes their, their headaches bigger. Um, yeah. <laughs> Which is always good. Um, All right. So there are different ways to actually accomplish this. Yeah. And, and maybe this is also the good time to bring the bad news. There really isn't any working system out there yet that does this partially because we still need taproot because it just makes it otherwise it's not terribly useful yeah it's built on taproot that's where the benefits of the the, the, the private updates come from uh, right. am i saying that right yeah i'd say so like the, the the collaborative updates of the state of the pool so whatever the pool is can update without revealing the update and all well, especially if everybody that's, agrees then it's very nice, this taproot feature that uses Schnorr, where you can combine signatures and make it look like one signature. Because otherwise, if you have three participants, you could make a pool uh, without taproot, but every time you do something with the pool, it's completely obvious how many people there are in the pool and what they're doing. So, yeah. so basically, there are three different designs. Yeah, I'd say so. So, so let's start with so, the first one. Or not yes. the first one per se, but the first one on the mailing list. So to be clear, the challenge that we're trying to solve here is if you have a share of the pool, how are you guaranteed to get that share out, right? Yeah, if yes. others don't collaborate, that's what you want to ensure. That's, that's sort of the trick. Yeah, we if share, everybody agrees, everybody, everything is possible because then every, we just sign a new transaction. Exactly, but what if not everyone agrees? That's what you want to yeah, so. and, not, and not just disagrees. People just tend to go offline and, and, and stuff like that. The first proposal proposed, I think, by uh, Antoine Alliard. Well, no, let's start with the simplest solution. The simplest solution is if someone wants out of the pool, oh, yeah. right? Someone wants out of the pool, then they publish a transaction from that pool that just gives everyone their share of coins back. So yes. if there were 15 of us in the pool, then we've created this transaction from the pool that, share, that pays all 15 of us our balance. We all have this transaction. So if any one of us wants out, everyone is out. Everyone just yes. gets their transaction to their own address. And this is exactly one pre-signed transaction that everybody has, exactly. So that's very simple. But the problem, of course, is that now one person leaves and it sucks for everybody else. Exactly, right. So a very extreme opposite to this mm -hmm. is a proposal that I just mentioned where everybody can exit, and not just that, everybody can exit in an arbitrary order. So that means that you need to pre-sign transactions for all the following scenarios. So if there's three people that I leave first and then you leave and then the third person leaves, or that the third person leaves first, and then you leave, and then I leave, etc. All these combinations. Uh, every single combination, every single order of exit must have been accounted for. And, and must and have a pre-signed transaction for that you have to hold on to. Because once you see one of those transactions go on the blockchain, you need to know uh, if you want to leave next, you need to then pick your transaction for leaving next. Uh, this scales with about... Uh, the number of participants uh, faculty is if there's 10 people that's like 10 times 9 times 8 times 7 times 6 times 5 it's a very very big number you very quickly have to have millions of pre-signed transactions 
And that's not fun because signing a million transactions and holding on to them is a nightmare. Right. Yeah, so to, to put it in other words, the challenge here is that if there's 15 of us, then all 15 of us must have this transaction where we exit, but the other 14 are sent to a new pool. And this new pool must also have all of the participants in the pool must have pre-signed transactions that would let them exit the pool and send the other 13 to a new pool. Yep. And then in the new pool, these 13 people must all have their own pre-signed transactions allowing, you know, and, and that, so you need scenarios for scenarios for scenarios for every possible scenario of every possible exits that could happen in any order that scales horribly yeah that that's pretty bad uh, yeah everybody knows the uh, picture of the chessboard where you double at every you know for every square on the chessboard the great right. number of grains of rice but this scales uh, significantly worse than that right okay so but in theory at least for a small number of participants you could do this Yes. Uh, uh, and the, the thanks to the Merkle tree, where you can hide all the conditions, at least the tree itself, you know, what ends up on the blockchain would every time be quite small because of all the combinations, you only put one on the blockchain. Yeah, so um, it's possible for a handful of people. Yeah, but, and it's, it. very, it's very flexible, but maybe a bit overkill. Because remember now, every time you update this contract, so every time you want to pay a supermarket, you again have to sign these million transactions and go through the whole tree. So, anyhow. Right, yes, exactly. Every time an update happens, you need to create all of the new exit scenarios and the scenarios on the scenarios, yes. Yeah. Oh, by, by the way, it was uh, Antoine, but also uh, Glebnomenko. Glebnomenko, yes. So, enter Jeremy Rubin, who has also been working on this problem sort of around mm -hmm. the same time, maybe earlier, maybe later. And he says, well, let's, let's make it a little bit less optimal or a little bit less ideal instead of everybody can leave in any order we say no if you leave then a part of the tree has to leave and so this could be um half the tree has to leave because you mm -hmm. you split the whole thing in two mm -hmm. it could be a quarter if you split it in four and you can exactly. do you can use multiple steps right so you can say well there are three steps and for each step, there's three people in it. So you can make the, the tree have more branches at every step, or you can have the tree have longer branches with multiple steps. Anyway, you can, you can do trade-offs there. Yeah, and so to be clear, what this means is, in the, you just mentioned, you know, half the tree has to leave first. That means if there's, well, 15 is in the round number, is it? Let's say 14. There's 14 of us in the pool. Then if one of these 14 leaves, it means six others will automatically leave as well. They'll also have their funds sent to their own personal wallet. Yes. So one person leaves, half of the participants leave. The other half, they're still sent to a new pool. So seven of us is still sent to a new pool with new pool rules. Yeah. And, and from there, I guess, well, it depends on how you make the tree structure. Right. The tree, the, if you have 15 people, you could also have a structure where... Five, five, if, five, or... Yeah, so if one person leaves, one-fifth of the tree leaves instead of half the tree. Yeah, free, 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 yes. Yeah. Uh, this, is, this is configurable, totally configurable. The point is that 
by cutting this in half or cutting this in pieces, it's what well, quite significantly improves scale. It's still not perfect. It's still you, you still need a lot of preparation, but it's a lot better than yeah. Allowing so everyone to exit in every possible order. So for the computer science nerds, it you know the plan we just discussed before scales with number of participants faculty, and this scales with log of the number of participants. It's a lot better. Well, I was going to say there are protocol upgrades proposed that would improve on this. Is that where you want to get at, or is there something else? Yes. The nice thing is when you use this tree structure, you could use another proposal called uh, OpCTV, or previously known as OpSecure the Bag, which and previously known as something else. It, yeah, the general idea is a covenant, but it's a very specific covenant. And a covenant, the general idea of a covenant is that when you're spending coins, you put restraints on how those coins can be spent in the future. So normally when you spend coins, the person who receives it can spend it anyway to anything they like. Once you have your coins, they're really yours. But with covenants, they're not entirely really yours. And Obsecure the Bag makes this a little bit safer or a little bit less uh, generic. It just says, okay, uh, here's this tree of, of how we free everything from the channel. And if you unleash the first part of the tree, if you reveal the first part of the tree, then you must also reveal the rest of the tree. So you're pre-committed to the rest of the tree. And this removes problems with a race, having to race to you know, get to the blockchain before a certain timeout because these coins are guaranteed to be spent in the right order. Mm-hmm. So you will get your money out of the payment pool if, that first, if, if somebody closed the payment pool and you're not paying attention. It doesn't matter, basically. You'll, you'll get your right. money eventually. You can do it when fees are low or, or whenever you need it. So that's what right. OpCTV does. And so in, in a way, it's a, it doesn't save block space per se, though it might, but it does mean you don't have to rush. Yeah. For the other proposal, for the Glebnomenko and Antoine Riard proposal, that could also potentially be improved with a so far unnamed protocol upgrade which would guarantee that any exit from a payment pool would have to restore that payment pool for the remaining participants. So that would be a new upcode. It's completely new protocol upgrades that would enforce that exiting is only possible if you restore the, the pool it came from. Right, so that's also an, a covenant, right? So it's, you're making a transaction but you must commit to future transactions while you're doing that. Yeah, in a different way than uh, security bag. Yes, um, exactly. But this is even more far-fetched. Yes, exactly. CTV is pretty concrete, concrete at this point. We'll have to see if it actually happens or not, but it, you know, there is a pretty concrete proposal, while this newer proposal is very theoretical, I think, still. Yeah. Like I said, it doesn't have a name yet, and it's... As a general rule, I would personally say. Yeah, as a general rule, covenants scare people because they could lead to an infinite curse on the money. You know, Mm. you could put a constraint on coins that you can never get rid of for thousands of years. You're dealing with these coins that have this curse on it that you must spend in a specific way, and that their descendants must be spent in a specific way, and maybe the 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 universe explodes. But more specific types of covenants are less scary, but they haven't been worked out in detail, some of them, whereas others have. 
One more thing I would like to mention about the proposal where you split the tree, basically, you keep splitting the tree. The way that tree is structured is, I think, with a set of payment channels or collective channels. If you and I are in the branch next to each other, we can exchange money without bothering the rest of the pool. So there's a benefit there too. You can have sort of sub pools. Right. And so maybe you, you can organize your, you know, if you combine that with lightning channels, maybe you can optimize it so that, you know, you have a channel to your pool neighbors inside the pool in a strategically sane way. So all sorts of cool things. Yeah. Do you think we're going to see this? Do you think we're going to see Taproot? Oh, Taproot, I'm not terribly worried about. I mean, knock on wood. <laughs> so what about this then? This? Fair maybe. I am skeptical. Because Why? the kind of software you need to do this is probably about as complicated as Lightning software is. Mm. And we already have Lightning software. So then the question is, why would people use it? If the goal is to save money, well, Lightning helps you do that too. Mm -hmm. So then Lightning might have a first mover advantage on this. Mm -hmm. If your goal is specifically... But, but, it's, but it's kind of bad Lightning. It can work in tandem with Lightning. It can be sure, a second but it, layer making, turning lightning into a third layer. Sure, but adding a ton of complexity in the process. I mean, I don't know yes. if you've ever tried to dissect a lightning node with a broken channel in it. I, I once did actually manage to recover money that I managed to blow by doing dumb things with a lightning mm -hmm. node. Like actively dumb things, so it wasn't the designer's fault. Yeah. Um, well, at some point we might need this, right? Like you said, it, it does order another magnitude of scaling advantages. Yeah, so I would imagine if, if it's for scaling that it's used, that it sort of automatically happens, that users won't even think of it in that way. It's just that your lightning software will use this trick to have more channels for less fees, essentially. Well, exactly. Yeah. That I can so see work, but so far we're nowhere near capacity on lightning. So I, I don't like to speculate too many orders of magnitude of scaling into the future, right? I, I, I think once we have a situation like 2017 with high fees, yeah. but, but with Lightning included, then we'll start seeing this stuff take off, or probably not because these things are delayed. So you get very high fees, everybody complaining, and then fees drop for years. These tools are developed, and then for the next wave, we have some extra capacity. Yeah, it's long-term potential. Yeah, it's, it's nice at least to have this idea out there, if only to deal with, you know, people who say, oh, Bitcoin doesn't scale, Lightning will boil the oceans. You say, well, you know, Lightning can already take you quite far, but uh, there's other tricks in the bag, and I'm sure there's, there's more out there. And then which of the designs do you think are most likely to see the light of day? I mean, just from having spent an hour studying this topic, I think the, the last one we discussed... Makes Jeremy Rubens? Yeah, it makes the most sense. Uh, just because like, being able to exit in any order without a serious protocol change that makes that possible seems a bit overkill. So mm -hmm. splitting the tree and, and having a little bit of downside where you, know, where you may have to be kicked out of the pool even though you didn't want to because somebody else left the pool, that seems reasonable to me. But I haven't put super deep thought into this. All right, I think that's it. Yeah, I think that's our, that's our episode. All right. Well, thank you for listening to the Van Weerdum Shores NATO. There you go. 